This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. It is a shout-out Friday, 877-881-1053. You got me, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors, who might have just injured himself with the mic stand again. I'm fine. Mike Bassick and Chris Strong. Chris Strong with the unbelievable, I believe, throwback Ferguson Jenkins 1970s Hell jersey. Yeah. We've had Fergie on before on yes, our show. Yeah. Yes, we have. He talked about his beer and everything. He was phenomenal. And then shout out to us. It's our last show in the studio. Yep. Wait, wait. What? Before spring training. Yeah, okay, we had good, thank you. Training. I was like, if we're moving, I did not know this. <laughs> Next week. I know there's been talk about it, but I was like, I didn't know that that was happening when we get back from surprise. And nobody knows what happens whenever we try to leave the desert, you know? Weird things happen in the desert. What the I'm hell told. does that mean? Like the first inning of the Dodgers and Padres opening up spring training? What happened there? Well, the highlights are on. It was almost a run rule in the first inning. Yeah. Wow. It's only two nothing. How's that a run rule? That yeah. being said, <laughs> oh, it, was, eight it was eight Hold to zero out. in the first oh, inning. Guess, okay. Wow. That's fascinating. All I right. remember the year I got released. I went to Kissimmee against the Astros and I gave up six runs and got one person out. And uh, at the end of spring training, they said, you can go home now. <laughs> Oh, no, I should not laugh about that. <laughs> it worked out in the end. Okay, that's but true. the National said, after that game, you were dead. They didn't tell me that, but that's what happened. Let's go to cut number three, a team that is very much alive and well, your Dallas Mavericks. Eubanks and a turnover. Six now, three. Oh, okay, Kyrie. Now, three-pointers were the story of the night. Specifically, we can go anywhere y'all want with this game because I do want to talk about their defense as well. But specifically, I want to start with the beginning of the third quarter. It was obviously a close game, and it looked like it was going to be a battle, battle, battle all night long. And then the Mavericks start the third quarter on a 16 to nothing run. Three threes from Luka, a three from PJ, a three from Josh Green, and then Derek Lively made one of two free throws. But still, a 16 to nothing run with those three-pointers raining down. I don't want to take away from that because that was awesome at 63-60, you said at halftime, is I thought 
the Kyrie moment, though, was early in the game, Phoenix was hot. The Mavericks weren't. Kyrie usually goes out at about the seven-minute mark or six-minute mark of the first quarter to get about a three- to four-minute rest and then comes in to finish off the first quarter. Well, I thought his finish off of the first quarter was just as important when he got hot and got the game back to a 33-32 game at the end of the first. This was such a fun game to watch, and I'll be honest, I did not watch it live because I was at my son's baseball game. So I was following the score, and then I was able to follow the last five minutes of the game live and then went back and watched the game. And that was – I'm not saying that was a playoff game, but that's what I remember regular season basketball being like when Dirk was in his prime, that when two good competitive teams are playing for something seeding in the playoffs – That's what I'm used to two teams playing like. And I thought Kyrie and the rest of the Mavericks, but I thought Kyrie had some very big moments, including that end of the first quarter run, too. You briefly took the lead. I know it's one point, but you briefly took the lead in a quarter that for probably the last half of it, maybe the last seven minutes, you were in a six, eight, ten point deficit. And it felt like, is this where we're going to be working from all night? Like, are you going to have to make the run to make it a one possession game and all of a sudden bam presto changeo by the end of the first quarter it's a one possession game yeah Kyrie, Kyrie was he was your offense to start that game yes and 13 i want to yeah, say in the first, in the first quarter. quarter and i mean like he's just a wizard dude like the the things he's that he can do well and, uh, and i say wizard because he looks like magic sometimes and again yeah not orlando magic or magic johnson it's just i'm gonna have to come up with a new word you are right? a new he's a mage if you will um, I don't know. know. That is. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound good. This is well, majors. My mage is kind of anyway. This is the, I thought, the stat. My, I thought you were my core dog, Kevin. This is the stat that I was like, what? Is, this is what? Of course, including five consecutive three pointers <laughs> coming out of half, the Mavericks recorded nineteen three pointers. The third top most games of such instances in the league this season. Eleven. Dallas has a ten and one record. When the team records 19 or more three-pointers, and in my mind, it's like, of course they do. Yeah. When you but hit 19 who, threes. Who has a bad insane. record if you make 19 threes in a game? <laughs> but but can I tell you this, and this is something that is encouraging. I don't know if you ever go back and like retroactively do this after the fact or if you think this is a giant waste of time. Is Phoenix shot really well from distance as well? Sometimes Almost I'll- every stat, Kevin... Phoenix beat the Mavericks in last wow. night, except for they turned the ball over six times or six more times than the Mavs, and they had one less block shot. Okay. Now, I, sometimes I'll go back and look and be like, all right, you won by 10, but you shot 45% from three, and the other team shot 30% from three. Mm-hmm. So if that equal, How often are you going to yeah, shoot 45%? Exactly. Also? And if it equalizes it all, out at all, but they were pretty competitive like I realize you said 19 three-pointers yeah, for the for the Mavs but I know the Suns were dealing from distance as well is so I I, I, I was really excited about how well they looked how well <clears throat> excuse me Kyrie looked how good the defense in the second half looked a lot of positive things out of this game and did you and did you hear what do you take of Jason Kidd talking about Luca and Kyrie, and he's like talking about the streak, and this is the, like the the longest. <laughs> it feels like the I think it is the longest they played together. Their record is phenomenal when they're on the court together this year. Yeah, and Jason Kidd's like, 
I think it's kind of proof that when you know that these two can coexist and these two can play uh, play together. I think it's very scary. I, I tweeted this out this morning. It's this has to be very scary for other teams. I know it's just one game, but if you are Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Denver's the champs. I'm not saying they're scared. I'm not saying those other two teams are scared. Or the LA Clippers, who have beat the Mavericks without this group, but they yeah. have beat Luka in seven games. Like, I'm not saying other people didn't contribute in those series, but Luka was averaging 40 in those 14 games. And they, it took them seven to beat them. Yeah. And so now Luca has two real centers. I know. I always do this. I'm sorry. But thank God we never have to watch Dwight Powell play another meaningful minute of basketball on this team because you have two real NBA centers now on your team. And then you have another star on your team. Then you have these really good role players. I, I still consider them role players, but you have these good role players that can do different things. And so you can throw in different looks with P.J. Washington and Josh Green and Derek Jones Jr. And if he comes back, Dante Exum and Tim Hardaway Jr. Hopefully you'll see on the road trip. Right. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is is in a cold streak. He does this. He'll get hot again. I don't know when he will, but he will get hot again. And you have Hardy who could play some sort of weird role in the playoffs where he comes off the bench one game and has 18 points. And you're like, wow, that came out of nowhere. So... This has to be scary for other teams, the defense. that You're not going to get clean looks. I loved – I know they called it a foul, but when Booker went to the hole and Daniel Gafford – like just they called the foul, they reviewed it, they kept it a foul, but it was like, no, 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 no. You're going to be put on your butt, and we still might get the block shot and move. And then there was another one where Gafford knocked it into the third row, and Derek Lively can do those things. So this has to be scary for the rest of the Western Conference. So you're telling me during this seven-game win streak, they've held all their opponents under 115 points. Okay. And they've been winning games? Yeah. What? What? What a magic theory that, that I'm glad that they're finally following. Maverick and, theory. And I just, yes, there you go. Is And I just want to point out for the record, like if you haven't followed the broad trends in basketball for the last, I don't know, eight to ten years, under 115 is quality. Like if you can get under 110, I think people will be like, oh, wow, that's a heck, that's a good defensive effort Cleveland tonight. Cleveland is at 109. Minnesota, who's first in the league, is at 106. Yeah, Those so are the only teams under, actually, I'm sorry, the Knicks are also at 109. There you go. It's not the way it used to be. Like if you took wow. all, all the players – from those Spurs and Pistons finals, I wonder how they feel watching modern day basketball. And even but. back in the day, those those teams right there, or the teams that were in like last place, they were still only giving up like ninety something points a game. It wasn't like this right now. It's and, wild. And you gave up fifty points in the second half. And something that we were just referencing. There's a specific quote from PJ Washington that I really liked. He said. We have two really good shot blockers in Gafford and Lively. And we're like, sure, we've seen that. We understand that. But then what does that mean for him? Quote, that makes it easier for us in the perimeter to switch and be aggressive and try to force the ball into them, make people take tough shots. Because that's one of the fundamental things about perimeter defense. If you don't trust your interior, how bold can you really be? Because you're thinking, oh, man, if I get burned by this, that's an automatic too. But now... If you're like, you know what, I trust Gafford or Lively, I can be a little bit more aggressive, maybe go for the steal or maybe to close out potentially. You could get a foul, but you feel like you can risk it a little bit more because of what's inside. So yep. one of the, the the main factors I heard Gafford 
talking about whenever he got here was, I'm going to chirp. I'm going to be talking all the time. That's my job. I'm the eyes for everybody else. And Derek Lively has, he's been very vocal, but I think, yes. I think one of the major factors in his ability, like his decision to do that was working and talking with Tyson Chandler. And when we go back and watch that year, Tyson Chandler was the voice on that team. He was telling everybody where he was, where other guys were, so that, like you're saying, the guys on the perimeter know how to know where their footwork needs to be to press a guy to him. So, oh, I'm, yes. I'm funneling you to my guy. You think you're getting past me right now. I'm keeping you from going the direction you want to go so I can send you to somebody that's going to make the the, the shot more difficult on you. It's great communication between between the centers and the, and the guys on the perimeter right now. And again, like you just said, the trust that that guy's not going to get an easy bucket and make them look bad is even better. That's four games. Yeah. That's that's all they've had to do. It's like I don't know. This is the point. I don't know. With twenty six games left, it should improve. I'm not saying the whole team's under a hundred or anything, but to your point, where it looks good, it looks like their rotations are sound. It looks like they're how much better can they get by the time the playoffs start? And luckily, you're in the real playoffs right now with a lot. You're close, but but let's talk about that because that is an interesting point is somebody asked, are you worried that they could peak too soon? I am not whatsoever because you know what getting into the real playoffs means? Extra days of practice. Because if you're, okay, you know, because you got to wait out 7, yeah. 8, 9, and 10. And I, I'm not saying it's a training camp or anything like that, but if you can get a little mini break to have more practice with these yeah. guys together, because you know it, practice time is tough to come by in the flow of the yeah. season. And so I like it because, first of all, you're in the real playoffs. Second of all, you can get some extra days to yeah. work work out the kinks. The main thing I'm worried about, and I don't want to get into this too much, is Kyrie's health. He is so important. If they're going to have any success in the playoffs, Kyrie has to play Scottie Pippen all the games. He has to be available for 40 minutes a night in the playoffs. And that's probably if you're the other team. Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Denver, L.A. Clippers. That's probably one of your first-round matchups. Most likely, the four teams I just named is going to be a team you play in the first round. Most likely. They probably look at it and go, let's see if Kyrie's actually healthy when the playoffs start. Just like if you're playing the Clippers, I'm still like, let's see if if, uh, Kawhi Kawhi, Leonard is actually healthy when the playoffs start. Or Paul George. And then... That's the thing about Phoenix last night. You could say, if you're a Phoenix fan, I'm sure you're not listening to us right now. But, okay, you'd say, well, okay, you beat us. We didn't have Bradley Beal. I don't know. What's the percentage you can put on Bradley Beal's going to come back healthy and be a contributor for you when it matters most? Because they lack depth. That team does lack depth. So when Bradley Beal is out, it hurts them quite a bit. They tried to help out that depth at the trade deadline, getting Royce O'Neal. And I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the other player they got. But I look at that team and I go, I think the Mavs, if you played them in a seven-game series, it would be a tough series with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I get it. I think the Mavs would beat them in a seven-game series if you're healthy. Mike, what is your tolerance level for BS. Yeah, me giving you some of the business this morning. I'll give him the business. Okay, t- I, sure, I'll take it. What is the biggest argument you and I have ever had on air? 
that I don't listen enough. Okay, fair enough. I think that's a more of a complaint than an argument. Yes. Okay. Like, I think you agree the, with that. The topic? So. Yes. One was Henry Ruggs, because that's when you threw your that's fair. headphones off. In a basketball space. That was still more of a miscommunication. nonsensical but gigantic argument we got into. Crap. Jokic? Uh, Multiple people have texted me this morning and hit me up on social media and said, you have to bring this up to Mike. Alexi Pokashevsky from the Oklahoma City (laughs) Thunder was waived this morning. I will tell you. Pick him up. That was like two years ago that we had like a super intense argument. And multiple people hit me up this morning. It's like, bro, this has got to be on the run sheet, right? And I'm like, it's not. I didn't even know about it until. I saw it this morning and I was like, well. He sucks. And then Josh Green was starting for the victorious Mavericks yesterday. So I'm going to take that as a dub. Take it. I was wrong, but luckily Oklahoma City was. They intentionally traded up one. They didn't trade up one spot. They got, we have to get ahead of Dallas. Dallas Because they thought Poku was going to go to Dallas if he was available. So they traded up one spot earlier, took him. And it's unfortunate for him. I don't think he's going to make it in the NBA. I'll be honest. Yeah. But he does have time, if that makes sense. For like he's sure. 22, sure. I think, years old, if I have it right. Might be 23. He has time over the next two or three years. He's 22. Go to a crap team. Go to Washington. Go to, I don't know, you know, name a crap team and try to get minutes and see if you can figure out how to play in this league because it, it didn't work out. I thought he had the talent and ability to do it. He doesn't. It is a shout-out Friday for the 903. Happy early birthday to my gorgeous girlfriend, Brandy, ready to celebrate with you tomorrow at the ball fields. And then, Corey, I love this one specifically for you. Can I get a birthday shout-out? My birthday was yesterday, but I don't want to say it because Corey would yell at me and (laughs) talk about all the shout-out rules. Where? Appreciate. What's their name? Appreciate. Oh man, I they I don't think they put their name. Yeah, because like Brandy, her situation that's tomorrow. You know, so I mean, we'll hit us up tomorrow (laughs) for Brandy. Man, I like that you've become like the ruler of the the logistics to these shout outs. For that person who was like, "Hey, my birthday was yesterday. Would love to give you the shout out, but we need your name." Happy birthday to and you. And your social security number. No, not, not that. Oh. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, the Rangers' new fundamental focus for 2024. Let's talk about it next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Two outs. Carter the batter with the runner at third. And that one is swung on and hit deep to right. Way back there. That ball is history. The kid has done it again. 
Evan Carter with a laser two-run homer. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 of the Fan. Curious, the power rankings between Jake, Cal, and Evan Carter. Because that's what I'm curious about this morning. As when he said the oh, kid, wow. <laughs> because Mike goes, Ken Griffey Jr.? And he goes, Evan Carter, oh, my kid. And then I was like, I wonder how he would fit in to the power rankings. The great thing is, is I think my wife also would like to adopt Evan Carter and his okay. wife into our family. Excellent. She doesn't watch much sports, but she also fell in love with Evan Carter and just his game and his humbleness, sure. really. I mean, when he... Throwing the Jesus win shirt. I like I know a lot of people love that. It is also a shout out Friday from the 940. Can I get a shout out to my little sister Angelica? She's getting married in Vegas this weekend, so I now have an excuse to get debaucherous. Then in parentheses, it says, however you spell that word, I don't know. I didn't go to college, Kevin. It looks right to me. I didn't spell check it, but I knew exactly what word you were trying to get across. So congratulations to Angelica. Hope this weekend is a blast. And it was Daniel's birthday, Kevin, by the way. That's the one who didn't want to violate your rule book. Real quickly, uh, I have a a problem with this shout out. Oh, oh, because it does need to go into Forgiveness Friday. Okay, but this person gave a first and last name. However, I don't know if they're saying here it is. Shout out to my backstabbing friend. Oh, no. And look, not all shout outs are positive, Kevin. That's true. Shout out to my backstabbing friend. We'll just call him JR, all right? And we'll just say that. And and he lives in a city around here. I don't know if the person is JR or if the friend, the backstabbing friend is JR. Oh, yeah. But again, Forgiveness Friday coming up at 1120. Yeah, that does not sound positive. That does not sound positive. What's However, and then from the 682, shout out to my brother. He has lost 10 pounds. Congratulations to your brother. And remember, y'all, you can always throw in names if you want, but congratulations nonetheless. All right, I wanted to talk about the Rangers' new fundamental focus. Last year, do you know what their fundamental focus was? I don't know, but I would guess defense. That is correct. And they were because they good were at not it. good defensively the the year before in 2022. That was a below average. They had trouble. Just what? I'm not Steve Bouchel. I'm not Mark McLemore. I'm not a former big league infielder. But they were very confused on just lining up for cutoffs and relays in in balls that were in the gap. Like it was. That was the fundamentals. Of that was not didn't fundamentally exist. sound from the 2022 Texas Rangers, and, and then yes, they, they're like their their hands weren't good. They communication just, yeah. in the outfield. I know we forget about it because they lost almost a hundred games, and it wasn't fun to watch. But they'd have guys almost running into each other, catching fly balls or not catching fly balls. Yeah. Just like these small fundamental things, like what's the communication happening in the outfield? What's the communication on cutoffs and relays? And last year. A lot of those things, I don't want to say were perfect, but cleaned up tremendously. They were pretty damn good. The Fielding Bible says that the Rangers saved 30 additional runs in 2023 over 2022. That's amazing. And ended up as a top five team in defensive runs saved. So, fundamental focus achieved. Hooray, hooray, hooray. What would you make the fundamental focus this spring training? And then I'll dive into what it sounds like the Rangers are attacking. 
Gosh. I mean, I can think of a lot of things. Not like they were bad at things. I but gotcha. could it Sacrifice be Sacrifice bunting. Could it be? I don't think it's going to be that. All right. Could it be plate discipline? But then that's individual more than a team aspect. Man, and plate discipline, like, I you thought just they look were, at uh, Evan Carter and just say, just do what that dude does. They were, they were solid base running, but I wonder this is with Evan Carter now being on the team every day. With Wyatt Lankford most likely being on the team every day at some point, whether it's opening day or May or June, like he's going to be an everyday player. You've added two very fast guys. Remember yes. when we talked to Bruce Bochy about stealing bases and how low they were in the league? I think they were last. Is he didn't want to run, and he said, I don't really have a team that I feel is a good running, like stealing bases type of team. Okay. what it, One thing that we were really excited about a lot of times – was you have guys that you think can get from first to third or even first to home. Oh. And we did talk with Bochi last year. There was a moment last year where we were like, should you have bunted in that situation? And he said, there's five different ways to get that runner from there to there. Mm. And so, Kevin, I'm not sure, but I do think that learning that if you are if you have mm. your foundation as defense already and you're going to add to your team, getting scoring – it's not just scoring runs from third base or from second base. Being able to get two places and knowing why you're doing it. A smart one you are, Mr. Majors. So it is base running as a whole, but I want okay. to talk specifically about one of the things that you just brought up because that is spot on. So the Rangers stole just 49 bases last, excuse me, 79 bases last season. Fourth fewest in the majors. But I feel like that's my Twitter. That's true. I feel like people, I feel like we knew that, right? Here's what I didn't realize. The Rangers went from first to third on a single, which it's not an automatic, but it is a thing that should be maybe in play. 74 times out of 302 singles. That is the lowest percentage of advancement in Major League Baseball last year. And so, it's not going to happen every time. I mean, there's a lot, plenty of times sure. going from uh, base to base is the only thing that you can do. But For sure. But. That's, you know, in the low 20 percentile. And so probably like 23 and a half-ish is, so that's not going to work. And so that's problem number one. Then you look at base running to get to home. There's a couple of different ways to look at it. They rank ninth in stolen base percentage, and so they had the lowest number of people make outs on the base paths when trying to steal. So you're like, well, that makes sense. They didn't steal a lot of bases. They don't get out a lot. It makes sense that they would be pretty low there. However, they got 13 outs at home plate where they made the outs, not where they got because Adoles threw a ridiculous run or whatever. So one of the when that's one of the highest figures in Major League Baseball. So I want you guys to take a look at these two particular things throughout spring training, but especially in the regular season. How effective are the Rangers at getting runners from first to third on a single because they were the worst in baseball at that last year? And then how many outs do you tally up at home plate because they were at the bot in the bottom of the league at that as well? And for as good as that offense was, yeah. These are some things that could pop a bigger number for sure. Somebody just texted Mike and said, why take risks with our lineup? And I get that. But if you can steal a run and because you have a fast you have fast runners on and they understand where the ball is, 
And the other thing, too, is it does look like Tony Beasley is back as your third base coach this year. That's where I was going because I do know this. Since the season's over and everything, I think it's okay to say something like this. I think there was, uh, I don't know when, but some point, I think before the All-Star break, they said, let's get more conservative on sending runners home. Okay. Because think about this. The third base coach is the only coach, I think, in all of sports. Like, literally, you know, help me out if I'm wrong on this. That gets to make an in-game decision while the ball's in play on if we're scoring or not. An offensive coordinator in football calls a play 30 seconds before the ball is snapped, approximately. And then he has to sit there and watch. Like, he doesn't know what's going to happen. Your third base coach, the ball is now most likely in the outfield, is having to make a real-time decision on are we going to try to score this run? Yeah, he can't or, look at Bochy and ask. Right. He so it's all up to him. I don't think people understand how tough of a job yeah. that is. And there's no other job, I think, in sports like this. I can tell Luca and Kyrie on a timeout what I want to happen on this out of bounds play to win or lose the game. Once the ball is in play and in possession of those guys' hand, I can only watch and hope that they make the right decision and make the right call. It's up to the player. The only time it's not up to the player, I think, in all of professional sports is when the runner is rounding third, it's the third base's coach in our time here, Tony Beasley's job, to say score or don't score. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, this and I think is, they, they got more conservative as the season – because I wonder if that breakdown would be – they got thrown out at home in the first half. Yeah, and then uh, it dropped. 10 of the 13 I can times look into and, that. And because they got way more conservative on sending sending runners home. And, Mike, you know, we had a we had a pretty avid discussion during the World Series whenever uh, Arizona's, was it catcher, first baseman, rounds third and Adolis throws him out at home. And we had a very long discussion about it's the third base coach's job to throw his hands up, but you have to look up. Your eyes yeah. have to come up and see him because you know the practice. This is what we practiced all the time. My coach was like, y'all are running from second to third. Once you hit third, your eyes come up and see me. I'm going to be about halfway down the line. So I'm going to be right in your eyesight. I'm going to be telling you to go, 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 but I might throw my hands up at the last second. You fall on the ground if you have to and get back to third. Yeah. I'm not going to put you in a bad position where you're going to get out at third, yeah. but I'm not going to put get you out at home if it's not necessary. So that was the thing that we practiced, and that's where Beasley, he has to know, he has to have a scouting report on all the outfielders in the outfield, yeah. kind of know where the wind is, know how fast his guys are, how deep it. There's a lot of work that goes hey. into calling what Mike just said a real-time scoring play. Let me put this in your mind that Tony Beasley has to know. Who's on deck? Where are you at in the lineup? Where are we at in the game? Who's on the mound? Who's the relief pitcher possibly coming in to face the guy on deck? Is my guy on deck hot right now? Is he 5 for his last 11? Is he 0 for his last 11? So all of these things, Tony Beasley has to know before the ball is hit – on what we're doing yeah. and what, how aggressive I am going to be. That is one of the first base coach. I'm going to tell you this. It's one of the easiest jobs in the world. Being the first base coach is one of the easiest jobs in the world. Oh, Mitch, go on down and see me here. And being the third <laughs> base coach is one of the toughest jobs in the world. And, and, and I do think this, remember Tony Beasley did not, as far as I know, was not a player for Bruce, Bruce Bochy at any point, was not a coach for Bruce Bochy at any point. He was a coach with, with Bannister. He was a coach with Woody. Now, remember, Woody was super aggressive. Yes, he didn't he have was. a lineup to hit doubles and home runs. So he just said, screw it. Let's steal as much as we can. 
two outs and the ball goes to the outfield, we're sending the runner home every time. If they make a good throw, he's out. I'm not – I don't believe we're going to get another hit. I don't believe after that hit yeah. we're going to get another hit. So send him home and let's see how aggressive we can be. So I think that's where – Beasley and Bochi have now also better communication on what Bochi would like from his lineup from this team. You saw defense be their big focus and how well they did with an improvement year over year. Now watch this. Watch the advancement potentially from first to third. Watch the progression going around third. And then remember this. Adolis Garcia and Marcus Simeon can both steal 20-plus bags. I know you yes. didn't. I know you didn't see that last year. We talked about how fast Evan Carter is among other players, but Marcus Simeon and Adolis Garcia have shown with this team they can steal bases if you want. Janko can run. Tavares can run. Langford can run. All your outfielders can fly. Your slow players. Nate Josh Lowe. Young is slow. Nate Lowe is slow. <laughs> Nate Lowe Jonah Heim is slow. slow. Corey Seager, you don't ever want him trying to because you know that he has. That. Remember, he's hitting. He had a double early in the year against, I believe it was the Royals, and pulled his hamstring. Yeah. So you don't want him. And now he has the sports hernia surgery that he's going to be coming back from at some point. You don't want him ever really striding a whole bunch for extra bases. So, but you do have half of your guys in your lineup, if not a few more, that you feel like. These guys can be really good base runners. Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, too. So it should be fun to see what these Rangers do on the bases. Because think about how much Bochi improved the defense in a spring yes. training throughout a season. Oh, my gosh. How yeah. much better can they get at being a, a base running team in his second year as manager? We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. It is a shout-out Friday from the 561. You're going to love this one. Just returned from an epic Disney vacation in Orlando. Shout out to the Rangers fans repping Rangers tees at all four Disney parks. And I rock mine and fist pump with several fans along the way. That is awesome. Coming up next, also awesome, baseball nuggets with Mike Bassett. Corey, I want and I need okay. that starting lineup because Bruce oh. Bochy says Wyatt Lankford ain't doing this next. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. Remember, starting on Monday, our show and the G-Bag Nation will be live at spring training in surprise. With that in mind, it is time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Basak. Can you imagine if you were a business right now as spring training is starting and you sponsored Baseball Nuggets? <laughs> like from the number it's one. A good idea. If you're a, if you're a man 25 to 54, we've now proven that people do listen to yeah. us. So then you could sponsor baseball nuggets from a guy who used to play for the Rangers for three whole games. And, <laughs> you know. Is that, that the flex through there? Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's a guy who used to play for the Rangers. His dad played for the Rangers. Yeah. He is Texas Rangers baseball. Oh, okay. God. And I mean, Boulevard. I think that people might go eat your food yeah. or buy your car. Uh -huh. I don't know. I'm just throwing out things yeah. that people like, you know, or put wear on your radio. shorts. Yeah. All right. So, Corey. Make sure the nighttime stuff works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I need my tees. All right. I need the Texas Rangers lineup for the first day of spring training game. So, they're going to play multiple games, but today they're only playing one. This is it. Today this, is is this is the one game they play in spring training, and then they move on. They are playing the Royals because it makes sense. Well, they, they're a long way housed, away. No, they're housed together. Oh, uh, Do you want the lineup first or the starting pitcher? Well, 
I would like the lineup because I do know the starting pitcher. Right. I literally don't know. I don't know Staying the lineup. Down. Hitting first. Uh-huh. And I, I agree with somebody on Twitter that said they think that he demanded this. Marcus <laughs> Simeon. So Marcus okay. Simeon is leading off. Oh, coming up at noon. He's going like, to talk a lot about that. I want to play every game. All right, yep. Marcus Simeon hitting first. Hitting second, Not Evan Corey Carter. Simeon. Okay. This hitting, makes sense. Hitting, I like this. Hitting third. Uh-huh. Here we go. Wyatt Langford. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's happening. We met him. We did. We, we, we met did. him in Waxahachie, <laughs> Worth Collectibles. Man, we'll, that was awesome. We'll and he's batting third again. now. I have, yeah. I have an autograph. He's already moved up in yeah. the draft. He was drafted fourth. He's batting third. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't even stepped foot on a pro field. Yeah. He's batting third. In your yeah, face, so. Tigers. Didn't they not? Didn't they take Max Clark? Am I right about that? <laughs> yes. To be fair, he's a high school kid, yeah. right? So. Yeah. And he'll be playing. I'm sorry. Uh, Evan Carter will be in right field. Nine. Oh. He's nine. Is yeah, that, that's right, Phil. Uh, Langford will be playing in left field. That's seven. So, uh, so that's so th- that's where they will be. Either one of them will be opposite corner outfielders. Uh, Nate Lowe will be hitting third. Tavares Wait. is hitting fifth. What? What? I'm you fourth. Mean fourth. Fourth. I was like, hold on. Fourth. I'm sorry. At at three, which and is first That's going to be a tough ball to get by if two guys are swinging at the same time. <laughs> they are another batter's ball. Yeah. Lankford and Lowe, they're like, dang it, you messed it up. I was okay. going to hit a homer on that, and you hit my bat. If we're doing bits during spring training, <laughs> the only thing I conceivably want to see is one right-hander and one left-hander go up to the plate in one at bat. Just one time. And they, and they just have to say, hey, you swing high, you swing low. Otherwise, one they're time. hitting the bats. Yeah. Hitting and if bats. they foul it off and it goes to the left or right it's hitting you yeah all right so (laughs) there's a lot of danger involved but that's our middle name all right so simeon carter langford low Tavares in center field at five sam huff catching uh patrick duffy leg uh hitting seven uh playing third base better than danny duffy that would be interesting ezekiel duran is dhing okay and Josh Smith is playing some shortstop, right. it looks like. Batting ninth. Uh, Ezekiel yeah, batting ninth. Duran makes a lot of sense because this is somebody that you would want to see a lot of Dude, in spring training. I, I don't know this. I mean, I haven't checked MLB Network, and I don't know if it gets blacked out because it's a Ranger game. They show a spring training game, I believe, every day. I, so I don't know. I haven't checked the guide or anything. I'm assuming it's not on, but why not show the world champs? You know, on MLB Network to start this season off, so we can see Evan Carter and Wyatt Langford batting second and third to start this spring training off. Man, I'm pretty pumped about. I that. I have a very serious question, Mike. When it comes to the extras and the pitchers, does order matter on this list? Like, if you have a guy at the top of it, does it mean he's more likely to go in first? Usually, I don't know this. Usually, it's when I was playing, it was in the the guy would usually try to write it in alphabetical order. This is not an alphabetical Okay, order. so like if you had your right-handed guy, usually if you're not going to play in spring training, they're not writing down 68 names on a lineup card. Okay. So they will only write down the guys on a lineup card. If they're, if they're reserves, they're going to play in this game. All right, so Foscu is your first right-handed hitter uh, on the list, and then Harris is your first left-handed hitter. Um, they will probably come into the game in the fourth or fifth inning. Your first left-handed pitcher 
on the list behind Dane Dunning is Cody Bradford. That makes sense. He will pitch today. Like if you're, there's it's a big spring training for him too. There's just in cases. Unfortunately, I was a just in case. So if you saw the last name Case, you knew the first name was Justin on that, and that always mm-hmm. stunk because you were only there in case something went wrong. And mm-hmm. then Jack Leiter's the first right-handed pitcher listed there, so he'll pitch. And I, I presume most that, likely, like he needs work. They need to see Look, him. They need to see agreed. if he's working there, out. There's, I think, a small possibility. I don't think that he would make the team as a relief pitcher or a starter. The starter would only be because of injury happened in spring training. But if he had a great spring training and somebody wasn't ready to start the year, there would be a small chance that Leiter would be in your starting rotation. By the way, you can hear that Rangers game tonight on a delay at 8 p.m. If for some reason you can't get enough of those Texas Rangers, 8 p.m. right here on The Fan. Yeah, so okay. there, that is, did you okay. Did you need any more well, out no, of this? No, I'm good for that. Right. Dunning's going to pitch, and it sounds like Bradford and Leiter are going to each pitch an inning, if not two innings today. I want to go to this article on Wyatt Lankford from Kennedy Landry on MLB.com. So Bochi talked about Wyatt Lankford and what's going to happen here is, I'm trying to find the quote. Uh, he said, Bochi, he's going to get his time. You'll see him. He needs reps in the outfield. That's how you get better. He is early in his professional career here, but it is critical for him to get play out there. I do think Bochi sees this as old school the way that I see it. I don't want a 21-year-old being a designated hitter when he's that talented in the outfield. So it doesn't say he's not going to DH for the Texas Rangers during the season. But I think it says – now, Bochy doesn't say this. This is just adding. Look, we all know Evan Carter and uh, Leoti and Garcia are not fighting for any job. Yeah. So you – you can you'll have every day you can have him playing in the outfield and giving him reps in whether it's left field, right field, or center field. They want to give him as many reps as possible in spring training in the outfield. Can I ask you a baseball philosophy question? Yes. I tell you that I can play Wyatt Langford four times a week as a starter. Two in the outfield, two at DH. I'm not, I'm not crazy okay, about that. So that's not good enough. That that's what I wanted yeah. to know. Is like if I could say I could play him four times a week, you'd prefer, hey, let's bounce down to the minors where you can outfield it up every single day. The only thing that's weird, and I have been told by somebody that they're not going to concern themselves with this. He is they're not going to concern themselves with the rookie of the year you get a first round pick or second or third place you get international uh compensation, yeah. international pick. But you have to be on the team 172 days, which means you pretty much have to be on the team the whole season. Yeah. I've I've been told that they're not going to worry about that rule. If he needs okay. to go down for a month and he wins rookie of the year and they don't get a first-round pick because of it, they don't get a first-round be pick it. because yeah. of it. I just think that it's really tough. Now, this is interesting because he hasn't really played professional baseball because he went from college to playing 44 games of pro baseball. He has been playing four days a week for his college career. Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. But usually if you have a guy that you think is going to be a phenom or a cornerstone of your franchise, you want him playing every day. Okay. And when it's time to play every day, he co- comes up to the majors like, you're playing every day. Um, 
I'm against it. I'm not telling you that the Rangers would totally be against it. But I was just I, and curious. I, don't know. I have not asked them, are you okay with him playing four out of seven games? Because that's the path to starting to breaking camp on the team that I see. Yeah. I think one game a week in left, one game a week in center, two games a week in DH. Like, just yeah. in my mind, yeah. I, that's how I think it would work. So, I want I appreciate your point of view. I do know this. Bobby Witt Jr., I don't know if he's playing today. I assume he is because it's at home. Bobby Witt Jr., one of the reasons I heard he got off to a slow start, and this makes sense, he started his major league career at third base. He had played shortstop at Colleyville Heritage. He had played shortstop in his minor league career, but because they had a good defensive shortstop, they played him at a position that he was not comfortable at. So now he's trying to learn third base while being in the major leagues for the first time and learn how to hit major league pitching. You ask Wyatt Langford. I need you to play multiple outfield positions, and I need you to DH some, and I need you to hit major league pitching when you've only pretty much faced college pitching in your life. Good college pitching. The SEC is good college pitching, but it's not major league pitching. So sometimes you do certain things, and then you regret it. And one of the best things that happened, I know this sounds bad. I'm not saying they hope this, but when the Royals got their shortstop hurt, I believe he blew out his knee in the first six weeks of the year. It did facilitate. It moved yeah. Bobby Witt Jr. back to his comfortable position, and he stayed there ever since. Is I'm not saying that would happen with Wyatt, but I just wonder if you're putting on him, today you're in right, tomorrow you're DHing, tomorrow's a day off, tomorrow's in right field, tomorrow's a day off, tomorrow's DH. That's a lot to put on his plate and for him to yeah. be successful and look, you're going to have stretches of you. hitting bad no matter what. You can play him in center field or or wherever every day. He's still going to have struggles. Everybody does at some point. You're going to have to figure out how do I get over this lack of confidence not hitting the ball well. But if I throw on his plate, you're going to play all three outfield positions on random days. That could be a lot to put on him. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, after another big win, what contender tier are the Mavs in? And my nonsensical question of the day, when will we see another quadruple double? All of it coming up next right here on The Fan. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.